Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast. Well, where, where, well, <laughs> I'm totally ready to to start, to <laughs> <Good> start. <laughs> the day. <laughs> well, well, today we'll be talking about The Last of Us, Episode 8, When We Are in Need. I am Kevin. And I'm Derek. And uh, <laughs> that's how we're starting it off today. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautifully done. <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh, <laughs> all right so what do you think about the title first of all before we dive into this episode when we are in need uh then you can tell it's well thought out <laughs> uh i'll mention it a little bit later because it ties into the ninth episode which is the finale uh i guess it's very fitting for the episode Okay, and uh, it's one of the better episodes, in my opinion, of uh, the last few that we've seen so far. I actually have good things to say about it. <laughs> yeah, you you say all the good things, and I'm gonna shit on it. <laughs> we need we need balance, you know. <laughs> I'm curious. Uh, what did you think of the episode, as well as? Um, let's start with David. I kind of want to talk about David first. Okay. Overall, the episode is decent. You know, it is a step up from what we got. But it's also us excusing it because it's two bad episodes or slow episodes leading up into a more serious... Well, I guess the previous episode should have been like serious tone as well. It, it just lacked a lot of like, I don't know, build up for us. So in this one, it's better because we get a little more action with Joel and Ellie in it. But there's still like a lackluster of meat in there you know as far as david goes i think he did do a good job I, I still think he's missing that sinister vibe you know like i didn't hate him enough it, it was almost like oh we've seen this type of person before in like other like the walking dead or other uh, dramatic shows where they show showcase a like molester or like child uh, abuse type of character already and I think this one just lacked that meat there for this actor to be able to bring out more to it. It's still a good job. I just felt like it wasn't enough for me to be like, dang, I'm so freaking glad Ellie just kept on like thrashing into him, you know, like I, I was missing that. Mm, well, I think uh, this episode would probably be the first time that you and I kind of disagree a little bit because the actor's portrayal, I have his name, Scott Shepard, I think did a good job of bringing his own David out. And when I was, you know, watching a little bit of behind the scenes and stuff, oh, okay. they wanted to go that direction because David in, in the show is a little bit more, what's the word, unhinged. To me which is kind of crazy because david in the game is definitely <laughs> unhinged but uh there's like two different sides in this case and I, I actually don't know what it is but he does a good job he goes in tries to be the leader the father figure there's a lot of deceitfulness in this that we don't get right off the bat which if that's the case that's done well deceitfulness should not show right off the bat and for anyone who hasn't played the game you meet david you kind of feel like he is the leader. He's trying to take care of his community. And uh, as we get more introduced to David, you can tell that he likes the power. He wants the power. He feels threatened when someone else says something. Uh, when it comes to, you know, God or, or religion and stuff like that. So all in all, I actually think this David was really good. 
because, you know, he was the preacher teacher type, the preacher teacher. And, uh, you know, it, it's revealed throughout the the show a little bit. It's like hinted slightly and where the writers wanted to take David is that they wanted to show that he is actually a bit of a fake. He only wanted to do those things because teacher, right. Is, is a a vertical relationship. (laughs) He has power (laughs) over, uh, you know, kids and stuff like that. And so it kind of hints at the fact that he has that uh, itch. I don't know. Like uh, I I don't want to sugarcoat it too much, but yeah. And in the game too, David, his attraction to kids <laughs> isn't really overtly like shown. There's a little bit of a hand touching, but it's still very ambiguous. Versus in the show, you could tell like this David, they like you mentioned, they wanted to show like, all right, <laughs> he's actually really disgusting. <laughs> you should definitely hate him. Yeah, I think and then goes on. I, I think like the the lower tone, like subtleness of him was good because it's like, you know, when he's talking ellie down when they first encounter each other at that deer and then he's kind of like really compassionate like he he comes off kind of like a nice guy because he's you know he's manipulating her you know and then it's when he's already sitting down making that like campfire like he's trying to be sweet and like gain her trust you know and then that's when um good old troy baker (laughs) whatever his character name is comes around the corner and then that's when we realize that David already like had the upper hand the whole time, you know, that's when it, yeah. he's, he's revealed to be a more deceptive person. So I like that part. It's the end where he's, he has this alone time with Ellie in the cage. And I think that was the point where he could have been a bigger monster, like re- letting loose that uh, reveal that he's into kids, you know, <laughs> just to make us hate him more. But you know, it's. I guess you don't have to do, go that far. I guess for some reason, I just needed it, needed it there in order to hate him more, rather than feel like he's he's just like a stereotypical. This is a molester, you know. Like it took. It was just too uh, cardboardy, I guess, of a written character. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> there's two points that you actually really brought up that I could have. I think could have elevated not just David himself, but also the whole episode. The the campfire scene. What should have happened, I believe, is, again, you know, they're talking, David's trying to get her trust, and James, <laughs> uh, Troy Baker's character, comes oh, in, that's his name. and yeah, and he's like, you know, put down the gun, James, it's fine. James is supposed to leave, like, in, in the game, right? In the game, James leaves, and then David and Ellie get attacked by infected, and then David pulls out a gun, showing that he had a gun the whole time. We don't get that in this yeah. in the show. So and and David and Ellie were supposed to work together to show again, like you know, there's this they're bonding a little bit, they're building trust, and then you know you get the rug pulled from you because of the cage scene, which Ellie was fed some meat in the show. In the show, she did not eat it. In the game, she did, and then it was revealed that it was human meat. Yeah. So that's why. I feel like they should have pushed it a little bit. Like maybe Ellie in the in the show should have taken a bite and then realized like, wait a second, I've had a lot of meat before. This does not taste like something I know. And then it's revealed. Then then you're like, oh, David, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, God, I hate you. Everything you're saying, it's like they took away those shock factor values. And I like the infected bit because that you already have like an external force that's forcing these characters to... Uh, interact with one another 
So then forcing, so having the infected show up, cornering them, David and Ellie have to form like some sort of trust or bond here because they want to make it out alive. And then if they do make it out alive, we as the audience get to see that, oh, they trust each other. Maybe he's a good guy. You know, we, we settle with that thought in our mind. That way, when, when he confronts Ellie at the end, like you, you're saying in that cage, we get hit with that betrayal as well. Like, we're like, oh, damn it. I trusted him, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. And and that's what was missing in the show. Yeah. Man. Okay. See, again, it's just like the little things they take out versus, you know, they try to add in a little bit, but it's the scenes that they take out that, I don't know, it, it could just add so much more to, to the, the whole thing. Why are they removing so many infected from from these scenes? Yes, and you don't even remember that they're fighting against yeah, <laughs> yeah. a different been, you know, monster. It's been several episodes now, and we're just like, is this still a zombie-esque show? Well, I mean, they're not zombies, but like, still, <laughs> there is this apocalypse, but then we're just getting people interacting with people, which is cool, <laughs> but we're we're not this world is not the same anymore it, it feels like you can just remove all the infected altogether, and then we won't even have like the whole mushroom cordyceps thing taking over just remove that and then now we just have like human conflict <laughs> yeah it really sucks like i think the last time we got it was in episode seven with the clicker or the infected in that one and yeah it, same thing like action sequence wise right in the end when ellie was supposed to fight david in the game you're supposed to stab him three times but after two times he you know figures it out and starts hiding with you and so you have to like you know like run around secretively while you're trying to look for him trying to stay quiet while the whole place is burning and that's one thing i think they should have done as well in the last scene because imagine ellie going in stabbing david once in the show and then david brushes her off they go out and then he's hiding during that whole scene too and they're like kind of like stalking each other and and you know they're playing on this even uh playing field yeah it's like predator that also prey. is another thing yeah you know it's... like he's gonna show like you know i'm i'm also you know i'm also good at this so yeah i there's just like little bits of the action scene that i really wish we got yeah and even in the last episode when the uh infected showed up it was like it's a full hour long episode but we only get less than two minutes with that infected really and it because it's so minimal we don't feel like infected are part of the story or you know it, especially when the first two episodes made it such a big deal like especially the moment where if you kill an infected it kind of like uh notifies nearby infecteds to come we're losing a sort of urgency <laughs> know what i mean like it doesn't feel like we should I don't know, we should go anywhere. It, it just feels like, <laughs> hey, let's just hole up in this shack. You know, we'll be good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird choices, man. Again, it's just stuff that I don't care what they, you know, if they add in stuff, right? Like when we had Kathleen and everything, but it's the moments that they take away that could have built on those. So, eh, well, I, I guess what do you do now? <laughs> um, I mean, it's since we're one episode away. <laughs> do you think it's a good video game adaptation so far, or are you leaning? I'd say so. They could have done worse if we want to go that route in, in that perspective, because they stay true to a lot of it. 
the performances are still really good overall. And if we didn't play the game, I bet you our opinions of the show would be a lot different because everywhere we see right reviews, each episode's getting at least nine out of 10 stars. Uh, everyone else is raving about the whole show. And it's unfortunate because again, our perspective is skewed. Yeah, we're kind of jaded. <laughs> so I have <laughs> yeah. a coworker that hasn't played the game and she has seen up to like episode four or five. And then I asked her about that one scene where um, it's when Ellie's in the backseat and they're on this road trip and then she opens that magazine and she's like fucking with them. And that didn't resonate with us or me, but it did for her as an audience that didn't play the game. So like, I think I agree. It's it's a good or decent video game adaptation for for people that haven't played the game. <laughs> We're just jaded. This <laughs> <laughs> We love the game so much. And uh, our cousin, one of our cousins, when we brought it up to him, he kind of uh, tried to bring up a new perspective. Do you remember when he said that after watching the show, maybe the game story isn't as good as we remember it to be? So I challenged that idea by watching just the cinematic scenes in the show, in the game. I think it's still good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like rewatched it. I think it was like three weeks ago. And I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I think, again, is this trying to adapt it into a TV show, taking things out, trying to add a little bit to it. And it's just... I think what we're missing is the emotional oh. bond, the emotional attachment yes. that we have to, to the characters. Like, like when we play the game, we feel like we are Joel making these choices. We feel like we are Ellie when, we're, when she's making these choices. Therefore, when, we, when David betrays her or is being a creep or whatever, we, even though we're dudes, feel like it's, you know, disgusting. <laughs> we yeah. put, our, put ourselves in the seat of this girl and it's like... Ugh, it's freaking disgusting. So like you want to just uh, continuously stab David because he deserves it, you know? And then when you seeing it in the game, it's like, it's like, yeah, fuck him, you know, screw him, kill him. But at the same time, we also lose because we see Ellie lose a bit of herself in that moment. So it's, it's a win, but it's also a loss because sure, David's dead, but Ellie's no longer this sweet, like upbeat. Uh, sarcastic tone girl anymore she's like been through some shit like this is a big churning point for her due to the lackluster of emotional attachment that we have to ellie and joel thus far in this show those big beats don't hit us you know you can have those main moments in the show because it happened in the game but like it's not the same it's just like you copy and pasted it but you didn't copy the pace the the body of work that came with it too you know yeah so. and they try to rewrite it versus build on top of it and yeah. again, I, I mentioned this episode to me was one of the better ones you know, out of the last few that we've seen because there's a lot of, to me, you know, a lot of depth to the story, at least that they kept really well. Again, we're, we start off with David and his whole community. They're struggling for food and we get a sense of pain from the whole, uh, you know, it finally like being in an apocalypse, we finally get a pain from how other people are feeling and not everyone's thriving like the two in the cabin in the last, I don't know, it was episode six, right? Like those two people were thriving for the most part. They lived on the land. They knew what they were doing. The the cordyceps and the infected didn't matter really. Or Jackson, right? Yeah. Finally, we get a community that's struggling and then, you know, bits and pieces. Uh, we, we get a tie in because Joel killed one of the, the fathers 
And then it's hinted while they're cooking that the meat that they had was venison, but the person, that dude, paused when he said it, and it was prepared in a different room. So it was like a lot of like moments that were up in the air, which I thought was very well done for the most part. And I really try to take my lenses off and 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 enjoy the episode for what it was. And to be quite honest, I was glad that this one went the direction it did, and they didn't add too much. This one they just took out, and that's what I mentioned. Yeah. Didn't elevate the episode for me. Yeah, overall, it's you know, if I'm just breaking down, if I were to read this, I'd be like, oh yeah, the story is pretty good. It's just it just needed that detail, you know, uh, that emotional bond for us as the audience to really hate David or <laughs> to be attached to Ellie prior to this moment to the point where like we feel like we're Ellie and or or rather I guess we because it is a TV show we wouldn't really feel like we are Ellie but definitely be compassionate about, enough or uh, empathetic enough to be like damn if I were if I were in her shoes I'd be scared too or terrified or feeling fueled with vengeance or violence you know like you you want to just turn red in the face or right just um, targets <laughs> good 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 uh mentioning of that because i do like when she was pounding away at david they covered the lens with blood because that's what she sees oh, yeah, right yeah. she's so i did think again like that we need a little bit more of those little details where you know like we're getting ellie's perspective and we're not turning away i think in the game they also show that ellie's like you know like they show david's face getting bashed in yeah. kind of wish they showed a little bit of those like hardcore moments because it has to be tough to swallow yes dude holy crap it's we're missing that uh you know when we see fight scenes we want to see the reaction of the punch you can't just see the punch and then we don't see the reaction because now we don't have like a conclusion to it and because just like you said we don't have that face shot of her of the aftermath you know i think that result would just be more conclusive in our minds how how much we lost ellie in that moment, you know, because she wasn't really violent before this, you know, to continuously stab David and just go ham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The more important thing to think about is that I believe this is the first time she's killed a person besides, you know, assumedly Riley, who was actually turning infected. So it kind of doesn't count. This is actually a human being who isn't turning and I do like the parallels that we get with Joel because Joel, he went into the interrogation scene, right? That was really good because it was close to the game. You, sh you saw Joel's brutality. He isn't scared to kill people. He knows that if he doesn't, they might come back to hurt them. And the scene where he goes and uh, bashes the other dude's head in, that's another scene that I saw in a different video kind of breaking down that scene, I think, with new rock stars. And so shout out to them. They do a good job of breaking down uh, shows and stuff. But I need to check that, that out. You should watch it. It's really good because the scene that we see there with Joel and he goes to bash in the second person, he goes up and says, oh, I believe him. He's telling the truth, but he still goes to kill this dude. And in the game, we see him do it. We get it from Joel's perspective. And in the show, they switch it around and we're supposed to be in the other guy's perspective. I wish we stayed in Joel's perspective. Right? We were supposed to continue to be angry at these people. And, you know, there, again, those are the moments that I'm indifferent, really, about the scene. However, if they did it from Joel's perspective, 
we would have been more angry at the fact that David betrayed Ellie because we feel how Joel's feels. We feel how Ellie's feeling. Let's make that moment impactful when David dies. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about Unhinged. It's almost as if the creators of this show or showrunner or whatever, director, they're not... <laughs> <All of> them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're like too scared to go there, you know? And I think that's removing a lot of that impact that we're missing or maybe it's indecision too like they're like hey what if we get them to like these bad guys that way they'll feel bad if they <laughs> no <laughs> i think if they just stuck to joel and ellie's perspective we'll still learn a lot about the bad guys um just through their interactions just staying in joel's perspective when he's interrogating those guys and then just walking up to that guy in the other corner and he's begging for his life or he's like, oh, you're a monster. He there's through dialogue and fear and pain. We can be like, oh, damn, Joel's kind of kind of a bad guy. Just just, <laughs> just from that, like interaction alone, just uh, an example is a couple of episodes ago when there's that young lad that was creeping up on Joel. But then uh, Ellie came out and then shot him in like the back of the spine or whatever. And then. Ellie leaves, Joel's approaching him with a knife, and then you hear through the walls that that guy is terrified and he's like begging for his mom. Like, that's how we can still be compassionate for, for these bad guys before they get got. But the show dancing around the other person's perspective or like our supposed antagonist's perspective, it's, it's too much, but also not enough. <laughs> yeah. Which is a constant theme for us. <laughs> and the, again, the second half of the season really is just either too much or not enough of something. I agree with that. There is a good, really, really good, you know, in the interrogation sequence with Joel, they do this really well. This good scene for scene in the game is uh, Joel stabbing the dude and then making the dude use the knife to point out where they are on the map. It shows oh, yeah, that yeah. he's done this before. It shows the brutality again that I mentioned also shows how smart he is about getting what he wants for Joel. Yep. So I really did like that part. It, that scene also reminded me of the second game because there's like a reference moment where Ellie comes into the room and she can pick apart that same situation just by the leftover like aftermath. She could be like, oh, Joel is here. <laughs> I just thought it was kind yeah. of a cool thing. I hope they do that same nod in the second season, assuming they, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> they might cut it, it out. Go in that direction. <laughs> they might cut it out. They, they won't even reference that at all. Did I have a like... funny question. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, okay. You want me? Uh, <laughs> I, this one, this won't be quick, I think, because okay. uh, in the beginning of the episode, we see Ellie inject the penicillin directly into the wound. Do you know if that's how you're supposed to do it? Or is it that <laughs> it shows that she doesn't know what to do and she thinks that it should go directly there and it shows her inexperience, stuff like that. You know, I could also be looking too much into it because like my whole thing is like, okay, first off, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting. It, it just looks like it wouldn't be effective like that. I don't know. I I agree with both sides. <laughs> that you it's, it's, yes, maybe we are overanalyzing. But also, I also think from like when you're filming, everything has to be decided. If it's not decided, why is it in the shot? And if you haven't made a decision on why it's in the shot, that lets... Because when you're watching something, we're, we're waiting to be manipulated. Like we're being directed to be told a certain story, like a narrative. So there is no wonder why we're trying to piece together these clues and 
and uh, details. So if she did inject it into the wound and we're like, oh, maybe it is an experience on her part. And maybe that is right. <laughs> the right yeah. direction that they, they said on set or agreement. And sometimes there is no agreement on set, you know, <laughs> she just did it. And then everyone didn't question her. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. All right, cool. That's that works. Shot. <laughs> next, next scene. <laughs> Part that I was going to mention is when Ellie is going ham on David, and then she finally gathers herself and then leaves. Whereas in the game, she keeps going and going and going and she doesn't stop. And then Joel is witnessing this and he's the one that stops her. I wanted that moment over what we got because I want, it's so tough because she needs to be dependent. She's relying on Joel as like a father figure, as someone to keep her in check because no one has kept her in check. Removing that brutality takes away from Ellie's story later on, I think. You know what I'm talking about? Like she's becoming independent. The whole second game is her becoming independent because she has to so yeah that's a really good point i agree again it's the moments that they take out that could have elevated the whole thing is just joel coming in and stopping ellie shows yeah like you know one ellie needs joel joel needs to be there for ellie we get a little bit more of the sense of uh they they hit a milestone in their relationship in that joel witnesses ellie going to the lengths that he would going to that brutality moment and because he doesn't want her to do the same choices and, and he also finally accepts her as a, a daughter figure that that should have happened i think you're right where joel and comes in and stops her versus she's stopping herself because she's tired or whatever comes out just distraught imagine At, it's crazy yeah imagine the rea- the cool reaction shot that we would get from zaddy pascal when he's <laughs> zaddy zaddy when he like it's heartbreaking you know what i mean he's there witnessing this daughter figure losing her innocence by like brutalizing this man and he's just it's i feel like that would have been a good take to have for for pascal just it would have been heartbreaking sad you know (laughs) (laughs) the way it should have been shot if we if we were directors i can see where ellie starts beating on david Joel comes in, gets the door open, but she doesn't hear it. Again, door's locked, so he has yeah, to break she's, in. She's like yeah. narrowed in. Maybe, maybe Joel's over her shoulders. We don't see him, right? He's blurred out, but he comes in, and then as he's slowly walking up, we see it's Joel witnessing this moment and has to stop her. Like that would have been whew, so much better. It's it's a moment where the air is so thick for the audience. You know, you're just like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when we ever get a moment get the the chance when uh when it happens maybe we should just reshoot scenes from the show on how like we would do it you know like, like one of those like fan shot oh, moments yeah i think we should do it <laughs> <laughs> when we get the budget when we get us... the budget the people uh write it <laughs> we would do everything there's not even much writing to be done, to be honest. It's more so, like you said, just capturing those moments. So it's it's reworking the scene and just directing it in a way that's like, hey, we're going to have this moment here, here. We're going to have this shot here. And then now it's just performance based based on the actors that are chosen to do the part and, you know, makeup crew and all that jazz. <laughs> it's uh, It could be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Another project for the future because the I future. would love to try to do it in the way that we see it and see if it plays out how we envision it to play out. 
and oh yeah true and get the the feedback from from other fans too like oh that was really shitty or wow that was better than the show you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and everything and in like, between don't stop touching the game stop <laughs> just leave the game as it is <laughs> they're probably the, that's probably what they'll tell us no that's what they should say for resident evil <laughs> oh gosh yes but the fourth stop. game is coming out the remake yeah that's gonna be just... fun Bounce to binge. Bounce to binge. <laughs> uh, something we haven't mentioned yet. Well, slightly mentioned is Troy Baker. <laughs> Troy Baker as James. The OG Joel. <laughs> he should have been David. <laughs> I saw I saw an interview with him and they asked why he wasn't David. They mentioned that it might have been too on the nose for him to make that kind of cameo and playing James had a little bit more room for him to interpret James the way he wanted to. Huh. I kind of wish he did play David. That would be crazy, right? Like to see uh, the man who played Joel in the game become one of the most despicable people in the in the show and yeah. play that character and then get get murked that way. Like <laughs> that would have been cool. Damn, that would have been sweet. I because Troy Baker's a good actor too, you know. So I <laughs> I agree with him being David instead. Not that there's anything wrong with the other actor that played David. It's just nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. <laughs> just <laughs> let's just do another take, but this time Troy Baker. <laughs> <laughs> How would you do it? How would you? Do it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a short-lived cameo. He's good. Yeah, it was good. I was hoping for more for some reason, just because he's. I mean, he's the one that he was part of the project that became what it is today. So. It just sucks that it's just a cameo rather than, oh man, should have just given him like a full-fledged character or something. Right. Yeah, I don't understand the, con- like, I don't understand him saying it was too on the nose. I don't understand that either. Like, like just give us what we want. <laughs> <laughs> just give us what we want, dude. Like, it's not easy. Like, being fans of the game, we're going to watch the show and we want these things to happen. Just give us what we want. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's um, the millennial me coming out. <laughs> the millennial. Yeah. We're spoiled and entitled. Give us what we want. <laughs> Give us what we want <laughs> right now. Um, but he was good. You... I, do, I do think James was good. Yeah. The... <laughs> His death scene was kind of funny too. I think. <laughs> yeah. Because she swings or Did yeah, she know? swings that knife and it just cuts right yeah. here. And I was like, dang, he's out already. That's a strong, that's a strong freaking impact <laughs> from a 13 year old or however old she is. It, it is a butcher's knife too. So like you cut here. Yeah, I think. And that's the jugular, right? Like, there's that main vein there. Uh, but did you know that the prosthetic for that, there was, like, a, a mechanism that Troy had to wear to catch the blade. That was a real scene. So when Bella Ramsey grabs a knife, she actually has to aim it at that spot to catch the knife. That's actually, like, a really cool detail technical. Or, or technical of the show that I really like because, you know, it's not CGI. It's not, like, a cut scene and then you see them down. That's that actually, is one technically one full shot they just cut it but it was one full shot yeah that is something that i noticed too i i like that everything is done practically a uh, majority of stuff is done practically it just feels more real it, it's it's also like a really cool craft in itself it is like a little more work on the actors but i'm sure the actors are having a fun time as well trying to like it's like nerve-wracking to you know to be bella and be like oh shoot i have to aim this knife right there in this like pinpoint spot and it's no, it's no different for her anyways. I feel like she was raised on like stage plays and whatever. So that's just choreograph. And of course, they're going to practice. So it's even more fulfilling when you land it for the shot. 
after so many takes and right. it looks more real that's all we don't mm -hmm. need a hundred million yeah. cgi takes and whatever <laughs> bringing up a good point in the show you're right it, it's the practical effects that they do in the show that makes it so much more realistic that's probably why a lot of the mcu movies were taken you know like if you rewatch the mcu movies because it's so much cgi and not enough practical effects and practical sets if you watch it like everything is like you realize it's fake you know what i mean like when they go to different worlds when they fight thanos and stuff like the the idea of practical effects is weird because it was getting lost for a moment because cg you know crafting cg is just a lot easier it's cheaper to do there's a lot of different models software you can work off of I think versus it's more having someone to be honest sold out. i think it's more expensive i i, I I read somewhere where uh, when they shot, I think the fly, the fly maybe is what I'm thinking of the movie when they did it practically back in the eighties, I think it was, you know, it was grotesque. It was disgusting, whatever. And that costed, I think maybe at the time, like a few hundred thousand dollars for the effects itself. But oh. when they did CG, it was cheaper, but you can feel that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like if they spend more on CG, I don't know. I don't know. True. They're, Maybe they're both equally expensive in their own way because, like, the whole practicality part. Of course, we need to uh, invest time into like choreography and like rehearsals to kind of like get get it right. Because once the camera is on, we can't you know we can't stop. So there is like that expensive element of time. Whereas CGI is like, hey, just put it in a green screen and we'll just let like an editor editor do all the work and you know <laughs> render the editor <laughs> editor. I cannot talk today. You got me with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I would say that from now on. <laughs> but mentioning the MCU, do you remember in Iron Man 1, it felt more real? Whereas yes. as the movies went on, it became more CGI. And then it felt less real because we don't have a density or mass to the objects that these actors are uh, interacting with. Therefore, we lose a sense of realism or we need enough realism in a film for us to be on board for the journey because if we don't have that logic to kind of attach our attach attach ourselves onto <laughs> now now you're just shortening words up yeah screw words in general oh, i'm all blurry <laughs> i can't get my words yeah. right and then you can't even see me <laughs> <laughs> it, it's telling you you gotta take a second it's funny uh, i think the corridor crew uh, on YouTube, the the people who react to the CG stuff, yeah. they probably ruined it for me because they go into the the details of all the specifics in the, of the CG, and when they broke down the MCU, I was like, oh my god! They mentioned a C, they they mentioned a concept of floating heads, and that's what oh, we get in yeah. uh, Endgame because like you know the suits were fake and they're walking down, so they had to like take out the head and put the head back into the suit because the suit CG, and it's just like, dude why you know like they could have uh, made that suit real and then they just walked it and you know, we had those imper in, in, imperfections and stuff and i think about that too like details in the last of us i think about it pretty often for john wick like what blows my mind is like you know in the first one they cg dog poop for like Wait. fifteen thousand dollars did they really there's a scene where the dog poops and that poop is fake wow like 
these voices <laughs> and trying to bring in CG to a movie doesn't make any sense. And again, this is where we're praising The Last of Us for, I think, the main CG that happens is the background. Uh, when you see the tall buildings and stuff, but the set pieces are, you know, they look real, they look crazy. And then the makeup, when we see uh, the clickers and the infected, like those are legit. Like the uh, stunt dude in the very first episode that was running through the store while Joel was carrying Sarah, that was a real dude jumping through stuff. You know, like it, you it feel looks the awesome. intensity. It freaking looks awesome. And it's also yeah. really scary. If if you yeah. don't think of, if you don't think about this actor that's doing this, you're just like, holy crap, dude! This infected is willing to throw himself into anything. That means no obstacle is gonna get in his way. And oh man, it's it's that urgency that is added in that moment because it's like, yo, you better you better haul ass because if you don't, nothing's stopping him, and unless you shoot him in the head or whatever. It's oh man, we're losing a lot of mass <laughs> and density or realism yeah. to to the CGI stuff. The majority of the set is real enough to the point where it's like, all right, we've done enough uh, practical effects here or background work or costume design that the rest can be CGI, and we won't even like notice the CGI first. We'll see this real set that they're on first, and then it's like, oh, that was a good CGI of the background or whatever. I think that's what filmmakers need to do more. We need more real stuff, and then the rest can be CGI, not 10% stuff that is real and then 90% CGI. Yeah. Again, the MCU focused more so on performance than they did bringing us into the world in a lot of scenes, not all of them. You know, I'll admit that, but I do hope maybe in the second one i don't know if we'll get this but the mandalorian brought in a new way of doing scenes right they had the whole back drop and instead of it being a green screen it's like visuals that the actor can play on so all they have is like a ray set but then like they're shooting the scene in real time as the effects are coming out so it brings them into into the mold a little bit more like those are the kinds of effects that I, I hope we see more of is like, you know, this world building is happening on the spot. So the actor's performance also takes it up another level while it's also, I'm guessing, super, super expensive. But I hope those things like play into like TV shows more besides, you know, The Mandalorian and stuff like that. Like I know they're doing it for a different show. I can't remember what it was. They're bringing that technology to the show and I'm like super excited for this show, even though I can't remember what it is. <laughs> like, is it a Disney type show or? Most likely, most likely, because I know they're bringing that same technology they'd used on The Mandalorian to a lot of other TV shows in the future. Are you thinking of Marvel Zombies or? No, it's not Marvel Zombies. I can't. It, it was like it, it wasn't superhero related. Oh, okay. That I that I can remember. Percy Jackson. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, shoot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, as far as adventures go, I think I hope Percy Jackson is more destinations and we have that environment. The virtual set is cool. It has its limitations, though. And I think filmmakers, you know, in a perfect world, they can continue to just use whatever resource they can to, to make it as real as possible. So it, it sucks that CGI is the most reliant one. It's like the easiest resource to turn to because you don't need to travel for it. You're just like, here you go, editor. Here's all here's all the footage. Take all the time you need to make it look real. You know, that's easier than to be like, all right, we're going to all fly 
to this destination in a different country and we have to mark and get permission for these spots and this time from this time you know it's i understand it but it takes away from the the actual product though yeah i i get it too it's it's difficult and again we're just two guys just criticizing the whole system but like <laughs> i'm sure think, it's a lot more complicated than it is yeah i think i think other fans would agree too like there is a realism when you when we revisit old films like terminator or whatever it's, it's all practical so it feels more real even terminator 2 to this day still feels like i don't know oh, yeah. i still enjoy it you know <laughs> i i rewatched it uh four weeks ago nice two weeks ago yeah yeah and 100 percent like uh the practical effects on arnold were super cool and then the, the cg explosions. at the time yeah, the explosions the, the cg at the time was uh you know, it, it changed the industry because although now it doesn't look good back then, it was like, dude, what? Like this dude's moving through the bars. You know what I mean? Like those are cool scenes. The thing is that I don't even mind the CGI right now when I rewatch that movie. It's you know what I oh, mean. Yeah. It's it is cheesy or you're like, oh, that CGI isn't real. But like it doesn't take away from the realism of the story, because I still think that when that 2.0 Terminator was pretending to be John Connor's aunt. And yeah, and the husband was giving him him shit. So then he like he turns his hand into like a knife and like knives him through the head. That oh, looks yeah. still pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> uh, it's just because it looks real doesn't mean it will feel real. And I think that's where the misconception is for the CGI reliant films. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going on The Last of Us. <laughs> Back to The <laughs> Last of Us. Good Anything offense. else you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the next episode is Looking for the Light. What do you think yeah. that means? Yeah. So it ties into the eighth one, which is when we are in need, look for the light. We know this is the finale. So uh, certain things are probably going to happen, though. We've seen a few, I think, interviews where they hinted that it might not be what fans expect or something like that. So I'm keeping an open mind. I hope they end it well. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. The strange thing is that I'm not even looking forward to the final episode, which is strange. I I feel like I should be more excited to see this ending for The Last of Us, or I should be sad that it's ending, but... Now I'm just like I just wanted to end and not <laughs> not in like a um oh man this is such a good show I can't believe it's ending it's more so I just wanted to end so we don't have to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Watch it. It's sad. I probably won't rewatch the show. That's probably the bigger thing. Yeah. Is it's not rewatchable. Yeah, I don't have. I'm done too. Like I still remember a lot a lot of those episodes, but then that's also saying something about my memory. Like. um but i don't feel like rewatching either there's a rewatchable value that is lackluster in recent films from maybe like the past decade you're like yeah that's a one and done i don't i don't feel like revisiting that (laughs) true yeah i I 100 percent agree with that even disney movies that do a really good job raya was one that was one and done for me uh what's like other recent ones uh I guess Strange World. I haven't seen that yet, but a lot of people kind of bash on that one. It's meh. Yeah. <laughs> Encanto was pretty good. We re- we rewatched that one often. In concept? No, Encanto. In- oh, Encanto. Encanto. I haven't yeah. seen. No, oh, you should, man. Hey, no one talks about Bruno. 
for a Never. reason. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what that means. So you got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, one day. Add it to the list. It's on the list. Okay. Um, anything else? Um, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's it for this episode. Thank you for joining us as we discuss and discuss The Last of Us, Episode 8. I've been Kevin. And I've been Derek. Follow us for more content. Coming at you soon. Bye. Bye.